This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, The Mortgage Bomb, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Dan? Fabulous, Mark. How are you? I'm like overexcited. Overexcited. <laughs> yeah, like that. And we're here every Saturday, 1 o'clock on 1210. Our ratings keep going up. You listeners keep tuning in. We're very thankful for that. And we're here to talk about commercial, residential, mortgages, whatever real estate you need. My number is 267 266 5501. And what's your number, Deanne? 247. Yeah, my number is 609-605-7153. And we'll keep you informed in any way we can with your real estate needs. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsinrealestate.com, and at WPHT's website also. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes, I have one for you. We have business tips with Asking Dr. A. Dr. Abelson. We have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Vacation home sales surges during the pandemic. Yes. I've been hearing that. Good stuff. Good stuff coming, Mark. I don't know. We also have our questions. Can I buy a home and sell my current one at the same time? Next question is, how do I know if the property is a good deal? It's a good one. And what is your list-to-price ratio? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, you can answer that one. The next question is, do I need a professional stager for my home? Yeah, just hire me. I, have, I can do that oh, in an instant. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It'll be warm and fuzzy. Can you ask the sellers why they are selling? That's a good one, too. And, Mark, we have our topic of the day. Yes, which is the 80-20 rule. It's yeah, not I a thought, math problem. That's right. And I want to revisit this because I had a few conversations over the holidays with people that didn't understand this and own businesses. So I want to revisit it. Yeah, my son assures me, um, are you making the best use of your time doing that? That's good. It is. But Mark, for Mark... Mark, first yes. give us your motivational quote. 
And a motivational quote is, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. They quit at the one-yard line. They were ready to break through, and they stopped. If I only... (laughs) If this, and if that, and all... I should have... Could have, would have. Yeah. And ain't fell in the paint. That's That's what my mom used to tell me. All right, so where are we at? Mark, we are up to the market report. So, the market report, there is the bell... And as home listing prices break another new record, homeowners are looking to take advantage and list their home for sale. New listings in June rose 5.5% year-over-year and 10.9% over the prior month. The uptick in new listings may give buyers... Now, this is national. The uptick in new listings may give buyers more home to choose from and could offer a helpful sign for the real estate market. Philly, unfortunately, we're at (laughs) 1.9%. Oh, these agents, I'm just like... They're getting better. I'd like to get them all in one room. Could I rent like this Wells Fargo Center or something (laughs) and just give them all a lecture? Still, the inventory challenges in the housing market are far from over. The number of homes for sale still remains 43% lower than last year. 43%. That's, That's a huge number. Big time. Big time. Although there's a significant shortage of homes for sale, home prices just had a new high. Our June data report shows good news on the horizon for buyers. Inventory declines improved over the steep drops seen earlier in the pandemic. As sellers stepped back into the market with a variety of price ranges across the country. The improvement we saw in new listing growth from May to June shows sellers are entering the market historically later in the season. So that thing about the holidays we talked about, about three shows back, yep. where everybody shuts down, that's over. It's 12 months a year now, which could mean we'll see home buying continue all the way into the fall as buyers jump in. So the bottom line is, in the national, they're starting to see some more inventory. Philly Metro from the shore to the Poconos, it's very tight, very tight. The latest NHNAR housing report, contract signing surge as home buyers remain eager. So there's tons of buyers. Tons of buyers. That could help cool off some of the recent highs in home prices. Median U.S. listing price increased 12% over the last year to 385,000. I forget what it was 12 years ago when we started this show. It was like 212 (laughs) or something. Now it's 385, which marks the fifth consecutive month for price records. However, the year-over-year price growth is starting to show signs of moderating down from 15.2% in May. Despite the home, the higher prices, homes continue to sell fast. Now, the typical home nationwide spent 37 days on the market, which is 21 days faster than, than the average time Pre, pre-pandemic 2017-18-19 and had the fastest times on the market in June at a meeting of 12 days. Now, Philly 
Is that nine days? I was going to say that's, you know, the typical home is 37 days. There's absolutely no way it's 37 days. Oh, you're looking, not in talk, our market. We're talking national. Yeah, not even in New Jersey, Delaware, Florida, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I'm hoping Joe syndicates us nationwide so we can talk to every agent in the country. <laughs> the housing market is attracting, attracting buyers due to the decline in mortgage rates, which fell below 3% from an uptick in the listings. Buyers right. are shaking off record high volume, low price home prices, low inventories for home sale. Housing inventories are down 20.6% compared to a year ago. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. While these hurdles have contributed to pricing out some would-be buyers, the record high aggregate wealth in the country from elevated stock market, rising home prices are evidently providing funds for home purchase. More market listings will appear in the second half. This is a prediction from um, Dr. Young from the NAR. He thinks there's going to be more listings at, by the end of 2021 in part from the winding down of the federal mortgage forbearance program and from more home building. He's, I think he's been a little over optimistic here, but we shall see. But the builders are in a panic to catch up. But, a, but he predicts that the home growth will gradually moderate as home, but homes are listed on the market, but a broad prolonged decline in prices is unlikely. It's the best time ever to buy still, and it's the best time ever in time to sell. So, right, and you know, it's also the best time to refinance. Game. Yeah, I, I told two classes last week, anybody, I said, do, in fact, I told a class this morning, uh, I told them, Listen, if you know anybody over 3.5%, call the end. They'll probably get down to like 2.6. I said, do them a favor. You're going to save them a ton of money. Without a doubt. Yep. Yeah, so tell us about the rates. It's not too late to refi with these great rates. Did you like that? Yes. All right. 30 year fixed, <laughs> 2.875. 15 year fixed, 2.625. Your FHA, anywhere from 2.875 to 3%. Um, and again, this all depends on the loan program and also depends on your credit score. But again, right. it doesn't, it takes two minutes to find out whether or not it would be right for you. Give me a call, 609 605 7153. All right, so with that, there are great rates. Everybody should take advantage of it. Call Deanne, refi, save some money. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD All Positive All The Time. So we're at Deanne. Mark, we are up to your funny story. All right, so I got you one. So these uh, older women, all from the, a senior citizen center, they decide to go out for a ride. So this cop's sitting on the side of the highway waiting to catch a speeding driver, state police car, and he sees this car puttering along at like 22 miles an hour. 
And he thinks to himself, you know, this is just as dangerous as speeders. So he turns on his lights, he pulls the driver over, approaches the car, he notices that there are five old ladies, two in the front, three in the back, all wide-eyed, white as a ghost, staring at him. Driver, obviously confused, says to him, officer, I don't understand, I was doing exactly the speed limit. He goes, what seems, she says, what seems to be the problem? He goes, ma'am. You aren't speeding, but you should know that driving slower than the speed limit can also be dangerous to other drivers. She goes, slower than the speed limit? Because no, sir, I was doing the speed limit exactly, 22 miles an hour, the old woman says, proudly. The state officer tries to contain a chuckle. He goes, 22, that's the root number, not the speed limit. So she's a little embarrassed. The woman grins, thanks to the officer for pointing out her error. But before you let, I let you go, ma'am, he goes, I have to ask you, is everybody in this car okay? Because these women seem awfully shaken. They haven't muttered a single peep the whole time, the officer asked. Uh, they'll be all right in a minute or two. We just got off Route 119. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear, Send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment with Deanne Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is vacation home sales surge during the pandemic. (laughs) There you go. Right on the button. Oh, right on the button is right. So vacation home sales have been surging during the pandemic, according to our favorite company, NARS, which they released in 2021, the Vacation Home Counties Report. So in 2020, vacation home sales rose by 16.4%, outpacing the 5.6 growth of total existing home sales. So vacation home sales have continued to pick up during January through April of 2021. So rising by 57.2 year after year. Wow. So that's more than twice the 20% growth in the total existing home sales during the same period. That's a lot. It's a ton. So the share of vacation home sales to existing home sales has increased to 6.7% in the first four months of 2021. So so 6.7% of all sales were vacation. Vacation. Wow, that's a lot. It is a lot. And the surge in the demand for a vacation home has occurred during the pandemic when people are able to work from home. Students are schooled virtually. People, People are taking safety precautions and staying away from crowded areas. And with this urban based recreation limited only by social distancing regulations now we know some of them are being um, lifted a little bit but vacation counties outperformed non-vacation home counties so vacation home counties are outperforming them in the terms of sales pace price appreciation and how much faster the homes are selling on the market and this was an analysis of 145 vacation home counties and 1060 non-vacation home counties so that means the sure those well, houses down there gonna, are like doubling yeah in price. wait do you hear what the areas are though so existing home sales typically rose by 24.2 percent on average in vacation 
counties and more than doubled the 11.2, which was the annual non-vacation home counties. You with me? You know what's going to be interesting about that, too? <clears throat> Since now this transitioning back to the office is an app, like everybody's still figuring it out. Right. Like towns like Wildwood and Ocean City that would be dead in the winter might not, might now be year-round right. bustling. And the businesses, I mean, that's going to be a big place as far as labor because all these kids that are, you know, have summer jobs, now they're going to have people that need to be year-round. Yeah, because I, I, I used to, I, you know, I remember back in the day, I went out with a girl down the shore and she worked at this family restaurant. They had closed their place. I think they were from Boston and they ran a place in, in Wildwood or was it Wildwood or Stone Harbor? One of them. But anyway, they ran the place for the summer and then at the Packed end of the up season, and went back. they closed. Yeah, that's right. And if these people are going to be working from home. You know. yeah, they're going to be there year-round. But properties typically stayed longer on the market in vacation home counties at 59 days compared to 30 days in the non-vacation home counties in 2020. However, the time to sell a home in vacation home counties has sped up more than in non-vacation homes. So in 2020, properties in the vacation home counties typically sold quicker by 13 days than in the non-vacation counties. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Now, the other part of this is vacation home buyers are more likely to pay cash, all cash. During January through April 2021, all cash sales rose to 53% of all vacation home purchases. And that's a higher share compared to less than 50 that it's seen in the past years. That's... Like now, the Jersey Shore, that's all those New Yorkers. Yep. 22% of all existing home sales between January and April of 2021 were cash sales. Wow. So, and vacation home buyers are likely to put down a higher down payment compared to all existing home buyers. 77% of vacation home buyers put down at least 20% as compared to just 49% of all the other existing. Now, the question is, how much is required to put down on a second home? And the answer to that question is 10%. That's the minimum down payment that's needed. So of the the 145 counties um, that NAR has marketed information on, it is identified the top uh, 1%. So it's roughly like 30 markets. They have the hottest vacation home counties in 2020 based on sales growth, sales price, change in the days in the market, and the number of seasonal homes in 2019 to account for this market size. You got the top 10? I'm going to give you the top 1% of vacation home counties, and they were in 16 states. All right, give me them. North Carolina had four vacation counties. And they were Swain, Allegheny, Maycomb, and Watatuga. And there were three each in New York, Green, Sullivan, and Hamilton. Vermont had Wyndham, Bennington, and Windsor. Massachusetts was Dukes, Barnstable, and Nantucket. And then we had Michigan, which was Oscoda, Alcona, and Clare. And that's and there were, lake. Yep, and there were two each in Florida, Lee and Collier. 
Missouri had Hickory and Camden. Maryland had Garrett and Worcester. Oklahoma, Maine, Arizona, New Jersey, Georgia, New Mexico, Delaware, Minnesota, each had one vacation county that landed in the top 1%. Yeah, everybody wants to be near the water. Unbelievable. They want to be on the water. They want to have, you know, some people want to have the seasons. Some people don't want to have the seasons. But when you look at Massachusetts, Michigan, I mean, you know, Michigan, you're going to freeze in the wintertime. Uh, you, well, you can catch some very light, large pike if you if you build one of them little <laughs> things and drag it out on the ice and that, have a heater and a hole in the ground. Oh, forget it. You can catch a 40, 50-pound pike. Forget it. If I go outside and I see my breath, I'm done. I, I could not live in uh, some of them states. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was an interesting topic. That was an interesting topic. Speaking of interesting, don't forget to check out my new website, www.mortgagemom.net Alright, what's coming up next? Coming up next is our question and answer segment. Alright, that was a great topic. Thank you. So, with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. Alright, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So we're at the end. Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. And real quick, I, I forgot to mention in my segment, All right. they just had the largest, the most expensive home ever in Miami for $22.16 million that was paid for by cryptocurrency in full. Wow. I still don't understand the cryptocurrency thing. Yeah, it's. I'm taking a class on it. It's insane. I still don't understand it. I'm All leery right. of it. And uh, and you got the Senate and the Congress leery of it, too. So you don't know what's going to happen with that. You get politicians in a room. Who knows? It's all ruined. All right. Question all right, number so one. First question. Yeah, let's <laughs> Can I buy a home and sell my current one at the same time? Yeah, almost. Yeah, so basically, it happens all the time. It does happen all the time. You close in the morning on your current home. And you close in the afternoon on your other home. So you can go from one room to the other but yeah absolutely can happen all the time yeah and and all the buyers and sellers when you pick a date and then like the sellers at the higher moving companies and all that stuff and the buyers gotta pack up all their stuff and they can never picture the stars aligning and everything coming together on one day but it happens all the time yep absolutely it's not a big issue what's the next one all right question number two how do i know if the property is a good deal well, if you have a good agent and they ask you good questions, I always start out with what's the most important thing you want to talk about. And then I really find out what these people are looking for. And I ask them to describe the house to me, where the house is, what's it look like. And then I search. And if I see some actives, then I look at comparable sales and and if it, if the property has all the things we're looking for and is priced right 
or close to being priced right, then you get a good deal. I mean, a good, deal, define, might not, a good deal might not be about money. That's what I was going to say. You got to define what you mean by a good deal because if you're talking about money, those good deals are over. I mean, people are paying thirty, forty thousand dollars over asking price. So, yeah, and what and is this your could, definition? And this could be an investment. Right. Now, if this is an investment piece, what's a good deal? Then it's ROI, return on investment. Those do the numbers make sense? Right. Exactly. You know, but like if it's just a house, and like I saw my neighbor's house, Chuck, and he. He from Phoenix Awning, and uh, he wanted he had to have a pool. He always had a pool, so for him to run, and we ran into a house right down the street from Axon Jackson, Jack Rushton's <laughs> house, and it had everything they wanted. And we walk outside, and a gorgeous pool with a walk around the whole thing. With you know, to him that was a great deal. So it's a matter of taste. Like to me, if I came walking through the convent and walked into that studio, I would say, this is a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. So it's all personal. Right. You know, it's not always about the money. There's right. a great real estate book called The Millionaire Real Estate Book that I tell every agent to buy. And on the cover of the book, it said it's not about the money. Right. What's the next one? All right. The next question is, what is your list to priced ratio this is a good one because a lot of people don't understand what this is so right now the ratio is probably like 97 98 99 percent this is what the house is listed for compared to what it actually sold for now i had somebody say to me one time they thought it was the percentages of the houses that got full price. That but got full price? Yeah, but it's actually uh, the difference between the sales price and the actual price it sold for. Now, a few years ago, it was running around 96, 95. Now it's probably up to 97, 98, 99 because they're mostly all getting full price or above. In fact, we ought to do a spot on uh, a topic on appraisals. What appraisers are going through right now? Yeah, you know what? We should actually have an appraiser come on as yeah, a guest. Yeah, we should have an appraiser come on yeah, because you I'll know what? I read an on. interesting article about an open house where there was like eighty people, and an appraiser. If there's that much interest in the property, property that has to add value. So how do you how do you turn that into a number? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm gonna but, call. I'll make a call. Let's get him on. Let's get him on the yeah, show. Let's get an appraiser on. All, All right. right. But the, next the, question: the list to price ratio is the difference between the list price and what it actually sold for. Okay. The next question is: Do I need a professional stager for my home? I would say yes if the house is empty. If you already moved on, and you took all your furniture, and you you're, think in this market, really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe on high end stuff, like a two hundred thousand dollar house, maybe not. Right. But houses look better with some furniture in. Absolutely. And yeah. if you know, it might not be that expensive for them to bring some furniture. Well, usually and stage it a little bit. Stagers have furniture. I mean, right. That's what you pay for, and you right. pay a flat fee for what a couple months. 
it'll probably be they'll stage it and it'll be sold next day. It'll be like exactly Damn. right. I just didn't I just bring this stuff here yesterday. <laughs> but like on the high end stuff, if you're selling like the three four million dollar three thousand square foot condo on top of a building in Center City, I told you this story about me and the the sports guy from WIP, and I showed yes. him one of the condos, and we walked yep. in, it was completely empty. I mean, it was just me and him in a room. He's like, well, where do you think we should put this and that? The TV. And he asked me about the TV. I said, yeah, I guess we're at a wire sticking out of the wall. You know, <laughs> like I have no clue how to set up a room. Right. So, yeah, if you're selling high-end stuff and you already moved, uh, you probably need a stager. So somebody can visualize it. You know? Agreed. Agreed. All right. What's the next one? Because visualizing is the key. The, ne- the last question is, can you ask the sellers why they are actually selling yeah you can i always tell my my buyers when i'm in the house have a conversation with the seller you see a lot of times you would go in the house right and if one of the sellers are there they'll be like watching tv or something you're not going to do or i'm some 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 real estate company we're here for the showing and they go yeah come on in and then they usually go sit somewhere and you take them on a tour and then the average agent, after they take the tour, they talk real quiet in, in some room. <laughs> and then they walk out and the agent, you know, hands them a card and said, we'll let you know. I think that's stupid. I think you get it. I always talk to the seller. I say, Mr. Seller, where, where are you going? And you know what? Mr. Seller usually tells you, well, <laughs> I sold my house. We're going here. We're going there. Why are you selling? You know? And Mr. Seller, I asked him questions about pricing and everything. I said, you got any room in this price? Yeah. You'd be shocked what they tell you. People love to talk. I mean, right. especially about themselves. So. And then sometimes they tell you too much. They right. said, yeah, the house is in great shape except for that one back bedroom, man. <laughs> I've been trying to fix that leak for years. I just can't figure that one out. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's a good idea for sellers to have a rapport with the buyer because it's not always about the money right. a seller could take a lower offer if they like the buyer as long as it's not discriminatory you know i i've had sellers that wanted a a certain family to have this house because they had kids or whatever right you know so i think it's great for the sellers to meet now, if I had a crazy seller like my friend Lou that was like hated the buyer and was going to, you know, burn the $26,000 custom curtains he put up because he didn't <laughs> like the buyer, I'm going to burn. He ain't getting the curtains. I'm burning them all. I'm like, we oh take God. it easy. <laughs> anyway. All right. And coming up next is our topic of the day the 80 20 rule, and it's not a math problem. That's right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, all positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Miss Cat Cyrus? 
Mr. Cumberland, we are up to our topic of the day, which is the 80-20 rule, and it's not a math problem. Yeah, we do this one every once in a while, and I do this all the time in every class in in uh, Philadelphia real estate classes. I come in and do a coaching session called Zero to 20 Million in every class, and I always talk about the 80-20 rule. And most but it's of them- not- it's most, not that you do it. It's how we train and live our lives. Right. But most of them don't know what it is. Of, out of a class, I'll say 1% heard of it. Some of them, and then I ask them to say what it is, and they get all different versions of it. But it's a, it's a very old rule. It goes all the way back to the 14th century. There was a philosopher named Pareto, and he figured out that 80% of that wealth in Italy was owned by 20% of the population. And then he started looking at everything else in life. And everything in your life, include your business life and your personal life, has the 80-20 rule attached to it. And in business, the 20% is what gets you all the business. The 80% is actually doing the stuff. So it's really important to stay in the 20% and leverage as much as you possible. The reason I'm doing this segment today is... Over the holidays and right before the holidays, I ran into a few friends that own businesses. And most of them are sole proprietors. You know, they could grow, but they have that thing about, you know, nobody does it as good as me. <laughs> like somebody else I know 12 years ago. <laughs> and uh, and if, if they would only leverage and let somebody else do some of the 80% and stay in the 20%, then their business could grow. And, and and in your personal life, I'll give you an example. In, in your personal life, you have a party at your house, right? So you invite all your friends. Then you get the house already. You get the food already, the drinks already. You do all this work. And then everybody shows up for what? Four to six hours, usual party. Except that the answer is probably like 12, 14. But, <laughs> but four to six hours, usual party. And out of that, you're still the host. So, so you're still doing things. So if you added up the minutes of what really made it worthwhile to you, it might be a half hour, it might be an hour, it might be an hour and a half out of six hours. That was the 20%. That made it worthwhile to you. And then they all leave. And then you're back in the 80% cleaning up after the mess. And that's the same in business. In business, you know, 80%. Of the problems can be attributed to 20% of the causes, 80% of the profits come from 20% of the customers, 80% of the company's complaints come from 20% of its customers, 80% of our profits come from 20% of the time the staff spends in the 20%, 80% of the company's sales come from 20% of the products. The 80-20 rule is in your life every day. And the key is to how, how do you stay in the 20%? Now, what I, how when I coach people, I tell them to figure out, all right, if you, you pick a number, say you want to make 100000 a year, right? So we, whatever you're doing, you want to make $100,000 a year. You take hundred grand, you divide it by 52, you divide it by 40, that makes you worth $48 an hour. So, like, my number is $225. I don't know what your number is. But, like, when I'm not doing something that's getting me to where I want to go, it's costing me $225. Now, if a broker calls me up and says, Mark, because I coach, how much do you charge to coach? I need some help with my recruiting or whatever it is. 
I say 225, and some of them will go, 225, and, you know, it's negotiable. And some of them just say, okay, because they're going to write it off anyway. But, right. like, there's so much 80% in real estate, for, I know for sure. Like, showing houses, like, agents argue with me about this, but going out and showing houses is costing the average agent that makes 100 grand $50 an hour to ride around show houses. That's not making them any money. What made them the money was getting the buyer in the beginning, getting the seller in the beginning. That's what makes you the money. The rest of it is all 80%. And small business people make this mistake all the time. I ask all business people three questions. How many people, how do you get all your business? And almost all of them say, survey says, all my business comes from referrals. Second question, how many people in your database? I get a lot of blank stares. What do you mean? What is a database? What is a database? Uh, (laughs) Or a lot. And then I'll say how many. They've been in business like 12 years. They got like 300 people. And then the last question I say, how often do you talk to them? And then the numbers shrink down to the percentages, very small percentages. Like They all call me. That's what they think. But in the meantime, you know, the biggest mistake in the real estate industry is the majority buyers and sellers never use the same agent twice. And so if they lived in the house five years and they were thinking about upgrading or buying something else, they search on Zillow or whatever, one of them sites, they find a house, they drive by, they call that agent, They that agent sells their house, sells them a house, and the agent that originally had them don't even know it happened. But it's still telling me they get all their business from referrals. So anyway... We could go on for a long time on this. All right, very good. And we are up to our business segment with Asking Dr. A, and we're doing part four of re-engaging into the workforce after COVID. Welcome, Dr. Dr. A. Dr. Abelson. How are you, Hi, Dr. Guys. Abelson? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing in Philly? Very good. And Hi. I'm really liking this uh, series because I think it's helping a lot of people. So go ahead, jump back into it. We're sure. We left off last right. week. I mean, last time what we talked about were, were several different aspects of the way people are and what motivates them. And we're moving forward with that, and we're going to look at some other aspects. One of the ways that people are motivated, some people just like to give to other people. Uh, and we refer to them as, as social, but it's not a, it's not a, a fun social. It's a selflessness social. It's giving back to community. And some people right. like to do that. They're like Mother Teresa's. And, and so if you have somebody, and, and, and again, our, our assessments measure all of these different aspects so you know uh, if you're using our assessments, uh, which one to, to look at. But if you have this person who's selfless, give them something selfless to do typically in the community. So if you're looking for PR um, and you have an opportunity to have uh, somebody do some volunteer work in the community and your organization is going to get credit for it or you're going to get credit for it yourself then then this is worth a heck of a lot more than money especially to socials Big because time. yeah it's huge because for example mother teresa who i use as, as an example for this she won the nobel peace prize which at the time was worth right. about 1.1 million dollars and when she won that she didn't take a penny of it she put it all back into her foundation so it was never about the money it was always about how you can significantly impact others lives and help other people who aren't as fortunate as you so so if you give people opportunities to do that especially if it's external to your organization if you need that pr man this goes miles 
big time. Like I, I was CEO of a big real estate company, and one of my most important uh, committees was the cultural committee. And these were the type of people that would join, and they would, you know, like Mr. Warman Fuzzy, me, you know, I would just stay <laughs> out. Wasn't of, sure I, who that was. All they needed from me was an okay, and they came up with such great ideas. Yes, and, and it made the culture in the company so good. Yes, and it makes know? other people feel good about working for you because somebody else is doing all this great stuff in the community. So the payback isn't just for that individual. The payback for every, is for everybody that's in your organization because they're all benefiting from the goodwill that it creates in the community. It's phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. All right, there's another aspect so, too uh, that, that, that also helps. Uh, and that is some people just like to learn for the sake of learning. So let's say you have somebody who needs some additional training for a particular skill. Right, and you can find a cost-effective training program for them, or it could even be, you know, free webinars. More and more people are doing free webinars on important topics now, and if you turn them on to that and you re reinforce them to get this additional learning, they love you more, okay, because you have shown them the opportunity, and they are driven because they like to learn just for the sake of learning. So these are different ways to motivate people and to re-engage them. In fact, you can actually have them train back into your organization if they're good communicators. So it, it works in multiple ways, just like the social aspect does. Very good. Let's leave good it there stuff, and fuff and continue next week because I'd like to comment on that last part because I just did that and that has big returns. Huge. So High tell impact. me how to, how to get a hold of the Dr. Abelson group. It's just go to www.abelson.net or call us at 888-ABELSON, okay, um, and uh, enroll in, and take some of these assessments so you can really figure out how to more effectively work with the people in your organization. Very good. Great right, stuff you, as doctor. usual. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. A. You're welcome, guys. Catch All you right, next week. If you week. have any questions. All right, touch you. Sounds good. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give him a call at 267 266 5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. A special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors. And we actually have a spot for two sponsors. If you just want to jump in on this show, we have a very large audience here at Talk Radio 1210. And we hope to make you a faithful listener. If you just tuned in for the first time, keep you informed. You can listen every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on 1210 WPHT. With that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage You've mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive. All positive. All the all time. The time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.